Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sharad, and this is episode 47. In this episode, I will be interviewing Austin Maine, owner of Maine Athletic Performance in Oklahoma. Uh, Austin is also an aspiring multiply lifter and just one of the better guys out there using the Conergy system, knows the insides and outs and providing great results. So let's get clean. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Where you at? What is up? I'm uh, right now. I'm leaving Clinton, going up to Edmond. Gonna go. It's about about an hour and a half. Usually go stay there on the weekends. Okay. Uh, you work today? So. Yeah, I ju- I just got off about 15 minutes ago. Okay. How many Usually works. Uh, what do we have today, dude? Today was insane. We had well, but we had me. Edub and Kellen all there to help. So, I mean, it made it easier, but I think we had, I want to say 26 today, which is big for us because we don't do, like, we don't do groups. Everybody is on an individualized plan, essentially. Mm. So, we have we had a lot of people doing a lot of different stuff with only four racks and a mono. Right. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Had some new kids in today. It was good. So just to start off by telling everybody who you are, what you do, where you where you at in the country. Cool. Um, I guess good good introduction. Uh, my name is Austin Maine. Um, I own uh, MAP it's out in Clinton, Oklahoma, little bitty town, about ten thousand people in it. Um, work with a lot of athletes. We mainly see junior high kids, high school quite a bit of college there's a local university bias so we get to help a lot of kids from um we think the funnest part though well one of the funnest parts i really like getting to do all the behind the scenes stuff honestly i think that part's a lot of fun getting to create different things and you know put videos together put podcasts up i think that stuff's almost as much almost as uh valuable for me personally as getting to work with kids i like both of both of those ends you you have your own podcast yeah, but we don't, we don't, we haven't done a whole lot with it yet. That's what we're, tr- okay. we're trying to actually set up one of the rooms at the gym right now to like okay. just be a podcast room. So okay. we just ordered some new stuff for that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's going to be a lot of fun. I think it'll be really good for us. What, um, how many episodes do you guys have right now? I think we just have three. I've done one with Law. He's a, a he just, so he's a former college baseball player. He just floor pressed 455 yesterday. He's trained twice in the last two months. Um, <laughs> it's just it's, it's, it's retarded. He's just dumb strong. Uh, <laughs> got one with him. Uh, my buddy Dylan. He's Bishop McGinnis. So private high school. He's their strength coach. Uh, man, I feel like we did one more too. I think I did one, but it was just like talking. It was just like conversation about some training some piece of training i can't remember that last one i haven't pushed it a lot i think it'd be cool though i like what you i like what you've been doing with it bird's been doing like dude i just tune into your stuff just check it out it gives me something to do and i always get to pick up cool information so (laughs) yeah right that's why i I started just because it's like bro it's free info (laughs) literally like and a lot of people miss out on that it's like the day and age we live in now it is so easy to do anything because you literally can get on 
my opinion. In my opinion. You you just bleeped out for like ten seconds. Oh my stupid alarm went off. I was just <laughs> saying I think uh, the day and age we have nowadays it's it's really easy to do stuff because there's so much information. Yeah. You just have to go looking for it. And it's all free half the time. Yeah. Yeah, I tell people that too. It's like they'll be like, Well, what do you have any more information like on the conjuring system and stuff like this? I'm like, Man, you don't know how much shit I did digging just listening through the podcast. And then like even if you don't want to get the certification, like the shit's pretty cheap to get like the books and DVDs. Like yeah. there is free stuff. And same thing with a lead up TS. Like you can get a lot. Like if you really take your time and you know a decent amount, like but you can find like free programs and shit if you want like it's not that crazy you just gotta be hopefully you have a baseline so you don't you know fall into watching the dude uh joel Seaman and you like oh think that's pretty good because if you fought you can easily find that shit and you can easily find the good stuff but you gotta sift through <laughs> but i i think i think that's something we could all do better like i was looking i was thinking back to that trip and i was like man what's like, I was thinking about the trip that we all just went to Westside with, and I was thinking about yeah. some time with Shane. And I think the biggest thing, like, we know that. As coaches, we know a lot of people are going to go out there and use these, like, just bullshit. It's, it's bullshit. Yeah. They're yeah. going to get sold on that. Well, why did they buy it? Because the marketing was good. Yep. The product wasn't. <laughs> He's a king of that. Was. He's a king of it. <laughs> and so I think that's what we've all got to find a better way to do is just like really make sure like we get our, our marketing just has to be better. Because if yeah. not, we're letting people down. We really are. We're letting them go use this stuff and waste their money for these things yeah. that aren't going to do anything for them. Yeah. I tell people all the time it's like one thing you can learn from these guys is that they obviously have, you know, the, the marketing strategies and team like how nike does and apple does it's like people can always argue if apple or nike is a shittier product or you know they're a line that they have out is shittier but you can't tell me they sell less their marketing exactly. whoever runs it is always making it like you're gonna remember that commercial maybe for the rest of your life sometimes that's how good they are so if you yeah. apply that and you got good training you should then be able to beat those dudes. But when those dudes are marketing and they're doing all their paid advertising, they got really good um, professional photography and videos done, the kids are going to gravitate to the cool video more than they are to another week of 12 by 2 with a shitty camera. Like, or you not time. posting at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just hard because if you don't care about the likes, it's hard to find the energy to do that shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like that 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 part is not fun. That's what I was looking at this past week. Like trying to set our boards up for even our media posts. Like trying to make sure we're, our posting's consistent. Like yeah. you need another person on staff to be able to do that. It's yeah. so much. Yeah. Like that's what I remember being up there at Bird with Bird and I was like, What time did you get here? And it was like some some stupid amount of hours that day. And it's like, yeah, and I handled <laughs> handled the marketing and this and this and this. I'm like, Bert, how are you doing this? It's like, just, I just, I'm just here. I love what I do. So living off the cool damn, damn to get around yogurts and, uh, he's just living off the damn yogurts and, uh, what's, what's, what's that Gatorade drink? The skinny one that, skinny, oh my, the, the propels, the propels and yogurts. Yes. <laughs> Propel yogurt, uh, and oatmeal uh, in the morning. <laughs> Oatmeal in the morning, and then I think Maddie.
like some Chick Fil A nuggets or something. I don't even remember. Yeah, what it yeah. Was. Maybe Q-Dog. And then at night he always goes it's to that Mexican small. spot. <laughs> That's all he yeah. does. Wait, and then go to bed, wake up, or no, not go to bed, go home, cover everybody's certification stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then yeah. go to bed. For like, bird. I guarantee you that man gets four hours of sleep some nights, and he's just up and ready to go again. I don't. I do not know how he does it. That's why he can't train. <laughs> yeah, literally, just got. He's got a. He runs on such a high motor though. It's crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it takes. How's so I get, been, you know. How's everything been down there, man? Good, good. I mean, you saw my post for the for the uh, seminar, so I officially did that. Yeah. Now I'm just literally like, so we just brought on. Uh, a photographer and videographer that's going to start this week filming and everything of our gym so we can get back to having all the nice videos so we actually have a lot of stuff to post. And he told me he has a media manager. um, So hopefully she can help me because I got to figure out how to make like an auto payment for the seminar and for later on when I have it down where you can then download it if you missed it live. Because I don't want to try to keep track through, like, Venmo of, like, who paid. Because I already have, like, at least eight people that are like, yeah, I'm ready to pay right now. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm not going to be able to keep track of that. So if I can have it, like, I'm probably thinking of, like, a link tree kind of thing through Instagram. And it takes it to, like, I may have to make my own website finally. I may have to do that and, like, have that there. So then later on when people go, okay, downloadable downloadable seminar, I just pay. And then I don't have to, like give my personal phone to these like random people that I barely know. They don't have to keep going back and forth with me. The link will already be there. I don't have to keep doing work for each person. So yeah, yeah, it's basically like figuring it because basically like either right before the the seminar or right after I will be releasing my book and it will be smart. If I, that's going to be so awesome. If I have it there on that same website, it only makes sense. I'm going to need to do the same exact thing. So it's kind of like, Two birds, one stone. I might as well kind of do that too. So, yeah, man. So that's gonna be dope. I'm ready for that. That's a, <laughs> we've got a couple of basketball kids. Uh, one of our eighth graders. He just jumped to 34 the other day. Right? He's he's got a brother that's a senior, and they keep battling. It's it's awesome. Competition <laughs> makes people go up fast. Should have been trying to tell him. I'm like, bro, like because we have a lot of baseball and softball. I'm like, no, like. You can use this stuff for basketball, too, because, like, yes. a lot of the basketball players here don't live. Yeah. So he's, he's starting to piece it together, mm-hmm. but it's, like, I think having stuff like that, like, hey, I won't, like, for example, I get on there, I, I grab your book, I'm, like, hey, and I give this kid that book. Like, <laughs> like, he's seeing another person that's, like, been to high levels in the sport and is, like, telling him, like, hey, this is what helped me. Yeah. And, and I'm also in the book. Buy-in. Yeah, I'm also in the book and telling people, it's, like, like, so when I actually speak this year at the seminar, I'm actually going to talk about, like, what was missing, why me only getting the type of training that I know now my last year did me, like, I could have been totally different career, you know, and me trying all the other type of lifting programs that everybody does that are completely wrong, falling into all the, the stupid jump program, all that, what I've learned. If I was much stronger for my body weight, I would have jumped higher and I would have ran faster. Pretty simple. And then, and then a lot of the book is about managing on the court drill. So I talk about within the book, like, okay, if you're doing this amount of shots or this type of drills that day and you lifted max effort yesterday, this is what it should be, blah, blah, blah. Because I knew 
how my calves, my hamstrings, my glutes, my low back would feel if I did this, that, the other. Like managing all that with those high cardio based, you know, long aerobic based sports. You know, they are anaerobic, but you do you end up doing a lot of aerobic, especially if you're on a team. How do you battle that? Because a lot of kids just use it as an excuse not to lift. You know, so it's like, yep. like you said, I played it, so they'll listen to me more. Just like a football player won't listen to me because I didn't play football. It's hilarious, but that's how it goes. <laughs> so I was like, at least let me be the basketball guy. <laughs> let me be the basketball guy. Yeah, for sure, man. It's, I think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be really, really valuable to a lot of people. Like, yeah. you know, nobody's really talking about that. How do we? It's like, cause I, I'm, I'm the weird one. I feel like in the group, I'm always like, well, training doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Everything matters. Like it's the weirdest philosophy I've ever come up with. <laughs> and, but it's like, I say that, but then you get like, you get this guy who's, you know, say we've got this high level athlete getting ready for his college career, high outputs. He, he you know, he's, he's got to take more care of his body. He's already developed. Right. And he gets a hold of this book and he's like, oh, wow, like I can, you're telling me I can manage this and I'll add this all up. Well, now that athlete's going to be that much healthier the whole entire time, feel that much better, continue to keep going up on all of his outputs. Like it's just like the that'd be the best way to explain it. The higher up I feel like people get, the more the, the work actually takes. It's like, uh, you know, like with video games, every level had a harder boss. Right. Well, it's the same <laughs> way with everything else in training and sport every level the boss gets harder your preparation and your your timing of everything needs to be that much better for where you are yeah and, and I, then and it's I like try- imagine, oh, okay, imagine if you took that for a seventh grader the whole entire time it's like oh now what's possible <laughs> yeah that's what we're, we're trying to target more the young guys too because like when i go to jared's and it's like he has these kids that are starting at like eight years old it's like yeah that's yeah. how you get a free because like you he talks about a lot of times he'll start them on the box squat just so their numbers go up and then he gets the buy-in and then he starts some free squatting again so they actually build a really good base. You can't do that when you got a junior in high school that comes to you and he's like, I got to make this team next year. It's like, No, Ooh. it's like you, you only have so much time. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's when you get those kids early, not only like so you can build that wide base, you know, like how Louie and them talk about all the time, but you get them before they've had years of bad training that's causing the injuries or they have now so much slow twitch, no fast twitch left. You know, I, that's what I talk about in my book. I'm like, all the long distance running and the basically only bodybuilding may be a better coach because I know what not to do, but it hindered all my growth. Like, I don't even know what my genetic potential was because I have to undo everything. Like, Dude, and, is that so? It, it's still like that in your area, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. that's oh, yeah. still how coaches are doing it. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I, mean, <laughs> I don't get that. Like, man, I just don't get it. Well, I don't know why everybody's. It's not, it's not hard to listen. Like, it doesn't. It. I don't care who tells me information. If the information adds up and it works, I'm gonna use it. Right. You know what I think too. A lot of people, because. If you get most people think, okay, I got bigger, then I got stronger. So you deal with that. Then you deal with the people that say you don't want to lift because it's going to hinder your growth. Then you got the people that you don't want to lift because if you get too big, you'll get slow. And then whatever they do, they're not testing if it really works. Like even if, if you're doing drills, okay, you should have days where maybe I only do five spots of 10 shots around the three. But I'm trying to look for a percentage from that distance. 
see if it works. You have strength coaches, as you know, that don't got a vert mat, a laser, and it's not because they can't afford it. It's because they know the kid's going to start looking at them if their numbers don't go up, let alone a lot of them go fucking down. So it's like, down. That's the no matter Actually, I don't even care what you do. If the numbers go up and you're testing them and they're going up, then just keep doing what you, you even if you were doing Olympic lifts. But people who don't test, they're just doing that guessing game. And you know what they do? Like we said, they'll just film a lot of cool videos or they'll film their freaks that doesn't matter what they do, they get stronger. And then the ones that are already go. gonna be there, yep. Yeah, yeah. Like LeBron, I always tell people, bro, I, LeBron's my favorite player. Guess what? He does shake weights on a fucking BOSU ball, and he's still going to be LeBron. But I always say, I bet you he could be even better if he was doing what I have you guys do. And guess what? If you guys sit on that BOSU ball and do shake weights because you're not the point you ain't even going to college, let alone the NBA. But that's, that's right. how high level his genetics are. I also tell my kids, if you're not 6'8", you can't get away with only jumping 30 inches. So that's another thing. You know? <laughs> I tell if you ain't seven foot, you're not getting a job. Like my dad used to say it all the time. If you ain't not seven foot, you can't walk in the door. You just get a job. You got to be that much oh. faster, stronger, scale. Everything's got to be perfect. And more often than not, who comes to the door? It's most of the shorter kids that have to do way more to make up for the fact that they're not crazy tall. But the that's game of basketball insane. now, you you know, you have you have seven footers that can jump 38 inches. So you can't even be tall and slow anymore. It's not like that. Why, why is that? Why, like, we, we see the same thing. Like, a lot of our athletes, like, we have a lot of the good, good athletes in our area. Yeah. But it's like, anytime I try to talk to, for example, say we have, like, a highly recruited athlete. Yeah. Like, they don't, they don't want to work. Why is that? It, you know, it's, it's, like, it's funny. They just think they're already good enough? <laughs> well, you have, you have now, because of, like, AU. I don't know how it is with other sports that I don't pay attention too much. But, you know, you have, like, kids that are getting scouted and getting uh, offers from D1 schools and, like, elementary school because you can look at a kid through YouTube and Instagram now. So you have kids that already have their head filled, literally like, oh, I'm going to be on – I'm already on Sports Illustrated sometime, and I don't have pubes yet. That is a rough thing to ba- – like, I can't imagine being that kid's parent and saying, no, you need to work harder. The kid's like, uh, Duke already wants me. What are you talking about? And that you see that happening – like – the reason why older guys in probably just, I think in most sports, they talk about the generation being soft. Well, I say it's not just society, but the rules change. You know, like the fact that, yeah, you, you call them players soft in the NBA, but it's like, well, the refs and the rules made it so players can play longer. So you can't touch nobody. So you can play longer. You can get away with being less fundamentally sound because it's not as physical. It's the same thing. Like you can't compare quarterback now who throws for God knows how many yards compared to somebody in the eighties where they could kill you. Like it's different, you know? So now these kids, they get filled in their heads. Like I'm already as good as I want. And then you see them at all levels, not to continue to improve because you know, you get, get, I mean, now it's like, I'm glad the college players are getting paid, but guess how many kids are not, are not going to, are not going to continue to work hard while they're in school. Like they're like, I already got, Hey, I got a million dollar contract. It's like, you're going to have the outliers that are the ones that are like, no, I got to do whatever I can to get better. But you're going to have a lot more people that are like, yeah, I'm good where I am. Like, I'm already paid. So what are you going to tell me? Like, <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really how it is, though. Like, I yeah. agree. That, that makes sense. We, uh, I, I was curious, do you guys ever, uh, do you ever jump your kids, like, at the end of sessions? Like, 
like after like say, all accessories or yeah no i've never done that why why have you done that okay so that was one of the funny things i was leaving the gym today we have over 99 percent success rate with breaking our prs on jumps so mm. say for example i had 80 different chances at a pr that week between athletes and so in a month a 16 24 32 320 so as long as i didn't have four not pr in that month we'd keep our over 99 percent well today i'm getting ready to leave and two of our athletes carson he jumps 40 he jumps 40.6 and then camden one of our linemen he's got a couple of division one offers like navy army missouri state stuff like that i think he's a 28 inch jumper both of them i was asking i was like hey how did your dumbbell jump go today and they're like man one of them tied it and the other one was like i was down point two i was hmm. like well that's there's no way we have a 99% chance of breaking the record. What do you mean? Like, I just couldn't get it. I was like, well, go jump. Uh, one of them hit a one-inch PR, and the other one was up 0.8. Hmm. It, none, of, none of this training, that's, what, that's why I have that philosophy of none of it matters. Because it's all, it all comes from, the, from your mind first. Like, if you think you can yeah. do it, you'll yeah. do it. So I Especially think with max like effort. It's different with max effort. Yeah. Anything that's max effort, if you're... You know, no offense to the pussies out there. If you're a pussy, you will never be good. You won't be good at sports either because, like Louis says, sports are max effort. If you're afraid or you let a little bit of energy or some, you're tired, if that affects you, well, then more often than not, that's four or five days a week for most of these kids because they don't sleep and all that. You're probably not going to be good at breaking records. Like, And that's why, like you said, that competition, the kids that I love the kids where someone talks shit to them, or I'll, I'll talk shit, shit to them, and they break their PR. The kid that does not is the kid where I'm like, ooh, he's not going to be cut out for that for higher level because a coach is going to eat him yeah. apart. You know, that matters. That like, like you said, if you believe you can do it, then you can do it. Like, I remember Louie talking about, I never went into a lift where I didn't think I was going to make it. I did it or I did not, and then that was it. And it's hard, like, even with myself, <laughs> like, battling it. I, like, nah, I go to the bench, and I'm like, man, fuck, I may miss this shit. But he's right. That mindset, if you already thinking a little shaky or you're going to miss, you're probably going to miss no matter how strong you are. Yeah. That was like uh, this, what was it, Saturday, yesterday, I had uh, Taylor Varnell. He's our pro guy that just retired. He's a lefty. Um, it was him and then our, our buddy Isaiah came up. Where I was squatting. I was like, hey, can you guys just come run the mono right quick? Help me out, yada, yada. Cool, no problem. I just needed to hit 500, I think, on the camber. Five with 120. So not it wasn't too bad. I needed that to break my old PR. And I was like, okay, well, we'll go to that. I put the weight on, and I'm sitting there, and I was like, man, I'm like, that fear, I feel like, hits you. Like, I don't know how people <laughs> don't have that. I feel like I lift better. The, the more scared I get, I feel like the better I get. You got to be – your, your, your senses are probably higher. Yeah, like I, I moved 500 <laughs> way faster than I did 445. Like <laughs> night and day difference because I was like, yeah. I got to get the weight. Yeah. And, and so I think that that's, there's got to be a way to do that in training. Like, and that's what Max Ever does. It teaches these athletes just exactly that. You, you get placed in the situation of like, I get it or I don't. And if I don't, this could really cost me. Yeah. Like whenever you start having <laughs> seven, eight, 900 pounds on you, it's like you have to get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that fear of death. <laughs> yeah. Fight or flight. Yeah. 
Like yeah, we don't just... have straps on we don't have straps on our monolift because of that reason. You get it or you don't. Oh really? Like we no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have safety straps on it. You get the weight or you don't. If you if you think you can't get that weight, you don't need to be taken out in the first place. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like I'm t- that's like one of the dumbest things anybody's ever going to say. We don't have safety straps on our mono, and somebody's going to take that completely out of context. But <laughs> that, that's my reasoning line. It's like we're not going to we're not going to go in and put on 120 percent of an old max. Like it's you're going to break your PR by five pounds. And right. the last time you set the PR, you saved a little bit in the tank, and you do yeah. that every time. So you're always yeah. hitting new, always be able to break your max. Yeah. What? How um, often do you? Oh, sorry, how often what? do you think you retest? Like, uh, that, I remember at the beginning when I started using conjugate, like one thing Shane's really helped me understand is that right there. Like, I think he'll throw a, a retest on a lift every three to seven weeks. And it's been, it's been really good for helping me. Cause I remember before that I would like not test something for five, six months. I've been, I've been doing every like two to three months each lift. Yeah. And I kind of space like it out that. depending on the intensity. So like, and how I know I'm going to recover. Like, I've, because I brought my grip in on my bench, I don't really feel my shoulders as much anymore. So I can test that pretty often. Um, the squat, I don't do too much, like, at least with a straight bar. So, like, I'll do a lot of, like, retesting my front squat because my weakness is my quads and staying upright. So I like to retest that one because it's the one I suck at probably the most. And then my yeah. deadlift, I try to not test my sumo as much because it's the one I pull in competition. I usually will, like, I know because I suck off the floor, I will retest a lot more straight weight deficits of either. And because I know if I break that, I know I'm going to break the regular off the floor. Especially, like, now, I, I don't know, I don't do a lot of five, like, just five. A lot of times, maybe just because I'm, still early on i usually am breaking it by 20 or 30 pretty easily because i kind of leave yeah yeah so like i i i kind of space it out but i still like i said i don't take maybe i'm not doing this strict straight bar free squat deadlift off the floor or bench with the straight bar of the chest but i have ones that I try to periodically try to beat that are ones, the variations that I completely suck at. And those ones I beat, especially the ones where I have the fear, then I'm like, all right, I'm going to break it. So like, and then it just depends on where I was off the first meet in May and then how close I am to the meet in December. So like, I know I'm going to retest my bench probably like the very beginning of October. And then the last one, I like doing the floor press before the meet. That'll be the last one I test because I suck at lockout, lockout. So I'll retest my bench again, and then I'll retest the floor press. Right before the meet, I like doing the block pull. Basically, what I try to do is off the block, the four-inch block, I try to beat whatever I did off the floor by 20 to 40. And then the squat, I'll right. probably take probably like the beginning of October as well, and then I won't take it out, just do like a, a second attempt max where I try to beat my second attempt that I did the last time. So it's not something where, like, I may fail. It's more so I'm beating the 95% lift again. That's elite. And, and it worked well the last time I did before the meet. And the way I tapered it 
went really well. I listened I listened to Dave Tate talking about new lifters because I didn't do Circamax. I I just did the I did a half my sets on my speed day the week before the meet for both lower and upper body and the I just did lower body accessories Monday of the week of the meet and low and upper body accessories on Tuesday the week of the meet and I did it he, he was like do the accessories to the extent where you can have a conversation while you're doing it just to get blood flow and I did that and it was I like, like yeah. bro I was so fresh for that fucking meet and I broke my PRs in the bench and the deadlift two times in the deadlift once in the bench even I after I missed rack and press or start and rack commands on my first two attempts in the bench and on the squat i didn't come out in time on the first attempt then did 405 as my opener and then i was like fuck it i'm just gonna jump past the 450 or 460 which i knew i could do and went right to 476 then i failed at the bottom but it was like i had no soreness going into the meet what did i do i think i got a massage that tuesday because i'm reading all the books i was like well if i give myself about 70 what was it it was like 96 hours before the meet, I was like, that'll be enough where I'm not sore from the massage. And that's kind of that's kind of how I did it. So those last this this is the only time where I actually plan out kind of my max efforts in advance, like that 12 weeks from the meet. That's kind of what I did. I don't know if I'll right. keep doing it like that, but at least these first two, because I like the way it was the first one. I'll do it again. What I just been paying attention to since the first one was a lot more real bodybuilding training to bring up weak muscle groups and now right. i'll start pushing basically starting this month back into more strength so like i haven't been doing stuff less than like eight or six reps unless if it was a uh, like back down sets basically i like that that's that's badass yeah. that's uh i'm trying feel, to figure it out i feel bad for you <laughs> i feel bad for you khalil because you're gonna get to the point where you're, you're gonna <laughs> i'm ready for a year two years down the road and you're gonna call me you're gonna say Austin, none of training matters, and I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna be like, I know it sucks, doesn't it? You're just gonna do some off the wall stuff, telling me I, I I didn't it didn't matter. I'm like, yeah, but it's stupid. I say that, and then uh, the other day I, I went to pull a deadlift, retest the deadlift max, and I didn't break it, and I was like, oh crap. Well, I also worked up on my max squat that week, or my on dynamic day I worked up to max. I shouldn't have done that, and <laughs> I flip-flopped days. I screwed up the whole training week, so it does matter. It does matter. <laughs> some things probably but really do matter. <laughs> it's just weird. It's some things do and some things don't, and I, it's different for everybody. Like uh, No, that's what I was about to say. It, it's different for things, Like, you might be – you might Let's go the next day. But it's like, like if you tell somebody, somebody that, is that what they need? We don't know. Wait, repeat what you just said. There was like no, there was like no single. Uh, can you hear me now, Khalil? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was just saying, like, there might be, you know, things like, say, for example, lap pull down the day before you bench might help you or hinder you, but for somebody yeah. else, it does the opposite because everybody's a little. Yeah. But the only way we find that out is we just do it. I, I think the more we train, that's like. I think it's so important for coaches to get time. Like, you know, if they have like, you know, if there's a young, brand new strength coach and he's not trying to be in the weight room himself, like, I don't know. Now, now we get coaches as we get older. That's different. They've they've spent a yeah. lot. Of time. 
those things. They don't have to try to kill themselves anymore. Yeah, I don't know. That's I think, just like, my thoughts on it. Talking to, like, Jared, it's like, you can't, like, Jared doesn't need to really touch a barbell again, probably, being that he raw bench, I think, like, 500 and squatted, like, six. Yeah, I, I think good. he's probably learned how to get up to that point. Yeah, and, like, starting at a 20-something inch vertical and he got up to, like, 38. I think he knows what it takes. But, like, to start off and you're a twig stick and then tell people, I know how to get you to a 400-pound bench. It's like, bro, you don't even know how to get yourself to 225. What the hell are you going to yeah. tell anybody? Like, you don't know what training is, max ever. You don't know how to try to beat a plateau. Like, you have no clue because you've never been in that spectrum, you know? Yeah. Exactly. It's like sport coaches, they want you to have played the sport. You don't have to be the best, but play the damn sport. What the hell are you doing training athletes to be strong fast and you've, like, never even tried to do it? Yeah. Like, seriously. You don't I, have to even compete. Just, oh, like, man. show, like, you progress in those lifts. Like. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. How how often are you telling your kids? I mean, how how often are you having kids do one RMs versus threes and fives? Who's allowed to do one RMs? Uh, that's a tough one. We honestly, I think we use a lot more volume than most people do. Like, I was looking at training coming up, and like. We have a day that has 10 by 10 bench on it with our kids. Our <laughs> kids, we like have a, we have a volume protocol, and then we have our performance protocol. Mm. So like our, some of our kids are about to be at 10 by 10 crap for one week. They'll deload the next week, but that'll be their final week before we break it off. Um, one our, we max out on everything. If it's an accessory, you max out. Like you'll hit a 12 rep max, 20 rep max, 15 whatever. Your main lift. Oh, man, we don't even do maxes all the time. We've been running it lately where we just do the .6 like Bidney does. Mm -hmm. And if a kid feels good and wants to go max out after, we let them. If they don't, we don't make them. A lot mm -hmm. of it just comes down to, you know, does, does the athlete want to do it or not? If they don't How many days to, a week do you do? How many days a week do you do? I mean, because that's technically, I guess, brief maximum touch. And how many are you squatting them three days and benching them three days like he does? Or is it like still the four day system, but you're just doing brief maximum on those days? And then if they feel good, they max. Still the four day, because mm -hmm. I don't I don't think those are the most important parts of training. I think all your accessory volume after is because if we look at mm -hmm. like it's 20, only 20 percent, quote unquote, of your volume is going to come from the barbell. Right. That's only a, you know, what, a fifth of the equation? Well, why? Right. I feel like everybody worries about that 20% so much more than the other 80%. In my mind, right. it makes sense if if this is 80% of training, that's where I need to spend my time focused on. Right. And so just learning how to wave out their accessories the right way, make sure, you know, think like, oh, wow, hey, your, your, uh, your workout today had... For example, marches on it, but I don't think that's what you need. I think you need to do this instead and just being able to make those changes on the fly. I feel like that's really the biggest that. And if you can get somebody to actually realize that something's possible, they'll do it. Like, that's what Bidney told us. He was like, you know, after we got one 40 inch jumper, then we had two, then three, then five, then 10. And it's just like, you just have to have one person. Like, it's like, there's so much of training that's psychological that we don't get yet. We, we don't know much about it. You know, like strength conditioning has been around for what, 60, 70 years, if that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think 20 years from now, the whole industry, like 
me and you will be looking back in 20 years and be like, man, I can't believe we were doing X, Y, Z and thought X, Y, Z mattered. Just because we're in such an, such an infancy of, of strength conditioning as a whole. Yeah. Especially over here, you know, like when you read yeah. all the Russian texts, they talk about why the aerobic training and the bodybuilding training has negatively affected what they consider strength conditioning over here and what they think is good for sport, especially team sports that are more anaerobic and need to be as light as possible, as strong as possible. Basically, the studying over here, so in his infancy, like when I'm talking to Michael Faye when he had a, on my podcast, I was talking about, like, what do you think people graduate exercise science degree and don't know how to train people? And he talks about, like, it's too expensive to change all the books and the way they teach and hire new coaches to teach and have it where it's a more hands-on training. He's like, overseas, Louis' books are in their, in their version of exercise science degree, but over here, all they learn is bones and muscles. And it's like... It's we he's got a long way to go. You know, and he, there's too many people I think like Louie, you know, a lot of the older conjugate guys that piss people off in the you know, that train at the college levels and stuff. So it's still only slowly getting put in more that yeah, it's okay to backfire your kids and guess what? You don't have to do snatches to get them explosive. And you should you can max out your kid and they won't break into little pieces. You know, and you right. can do stuff besides trap bar deadlift. It's okay. Like, we're still years around that. But I think, like, like we talked about us taking care and uh, putting a more image of social media. Well, if you just have all these jokers that there's way more of them presence-wise, well, then no one knows that Jared Bitney has God knows how many people jump a 40 because he's, his damn uh, gym page is 3,000 followers. But, you know, Jared don't care about that shit. So it's like, if we can get more of that information out here, which is why I started the seminar, which is why I'm going to do the book, you'll have more people tapped into that'll be like, oh, this is what real training is like. And just because I started at 20, like you said, doesn't mean it's impossible for me to ever get to 40. It's just the training's got to be correct. That's what I think is really cool, too, is like, I, th I think like a lot of us people who use the conjugate system realize how easy it is to make progress it's like oh wow if i just break my record this month and i do it again three months later and i do that for 10 years look where i'm at 10 years down the road right i, I think we understand that though in the sense too that you can do that stuff in life also it doesn't just have to be training it's like it teaches you to just make the right steps if you do the x step you're going to get z result it might just take time yeah <laughs> That's like, I do a weird thing. I try to set my whole schedule up with you know, essentially the conjugate approach. Instead of having dynamic effort, it'd be like a podcast. Instead of having max effort, it'd be a book. And I just try to rotate different resources of like, what am I reading or what am I listening to? And I try to <laughs> right. rotate them that way on a weekly basis. Yeah. It's, it's so even the podcast, you can start getting boring. Even the podcast, like when I start, when I was banging out the books, because I'm going to take the special strengths, it's like I laid off the podcast. And now that I finished, every time I finish a book, it's like, all right, I want to feel like listening to somebody's voice. And I tell people all the time, it's like, I conjugate it. Because <laughs> it just Literally. makes sense. Yeah. We're not a linear system, right? You know? <laughs> right. It's 100%. <laughs> How do you uh, wave your jumps if you do wave them? So, How do you go about yeah. that? Well, what we do with those, so we jump. If I see an athlete four times a week, they'll jump four times a week. Ooh, four times. I've been doing three. 
Jared does three. You're doing four. Ooh. How many jumps though? Like, how, do you how do you do you count, keep track of it? Of how many jumps they are allowed to do? Yeah. Um, so usually what we'll do is we'll go like we just wave up week to week. So each week our volume goes up on our jumps. So say we start with uh, 20 jumps on day one, 12 on day two, 20 on day three, 12 on day four. Say we do okay. that. Next week we do, you know, 24 and 16. Then week three, maybe 30 and 18. And then start back okay. over. Okay. But we always rotate the variation. Like, uh, we a lot of our records, we have like 10 pound, 15, 20, 10 to 30 pound dumbbells, a weight vest, a weight uh, broad jump, broad jump. Like we just have a ton of different records, so we can constantly mm-hmm. break them. Because that's like all all training's the same. It doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, baseball. Like a lot of it's the same. Ninety five percent of it's the same. Like uh, if if for example, like with powerlifting, having Shane as my coach has been good to see how he programs. I think he's one of the smartest guys with program design in the world. Um, I look at my exercises over the last, since May, and I'm like, man, I've broke records every single time. I've never not broken a record on something except for my deadlift the other day. That was the one time I had it. And like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, well, week one, he did a single arm incline for an accessory for a 10 rep max. Well, week nine, 10, he did it again. Wow. And then I did this on this lift too, and I broke it. And so I just started to see you do that with the lifts why don't we just do it with all the jumps too and just plan out week different weeks of different jumps it's like what if we did that and i've that's whenever we started having the records broken 24 7 was just from waving the different jumps in because like we don't do just dumbbell jumps we do all kinds of jumps how 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 do you organize it um your dumbbell jumps your broad jumps box jumps like like do you do it like bird does where he does his broads and his like running jumps on the Friday and then like his standing one step or dumbbell jumps on like Monday. Well, I know you jump it four days a week, so I don't know how you spread that out, but like, do you do that similar to that or is it different? Kind of, but not really. This is back to one of those training does and doesn't matter. One of those, mm-hmm. it's like, as long as it's a different stimulus and the, and like, cause we're getting feedback from the athletes, you know, how are you feeling? How's this? How's that? As long as they're feeling good, like we're gonna continue to just rotate it. Like they they might come in and their their app says uh, dumbbell jumps with twenties, and they click it, and their note says, "Hey, I want you to use anywhere from tens to thirties today. Look at your history on those and see which one you haven't done in a while. Go do that and beat it." Mm. So I might have five different kids read that, and all five of them jump with a different weight. <laughs> That's been. I just think that's probably the biggest key is just rotating, making sure you have enough time in between them. Like not trying to beat your record week, every week, every week, every week. Like we know we can't break our max bench every week. So why would I test my max vert every week? Right. And then if our kids, like I got this one from Bidney. Like if the kids jumped really good with dumbbells that day, they would try to go break their regular vert. So if our kids have a really good record jump, if they break their record by a lot with, you know, dumbbells, a vest, whatever, we'll be like, okay, hey, well, we didn't have it planned out. It's not like you're peaked up for it right now, but you just broke that record. Go try this. 
whenever I started seeing more of that is whenever I started going down the rabbit hole more of the training didn't matter. Like, it does and it doesn't. Parts of it do and parts of it don't. We just don't know enough yet. Yeah. We want we want to, but I just don't think we know we know yet. We keep I learning think, more and more, but I yeah. think there's still so much more to learn. I think the thing too is like we like I was talking, I can't remember who. You may have been it may have been when we were on the trip to Westside, I just can't remember if it was with you, like if we were at breakfast or something. It wasn't when we were yeah. with the Westside crew or Louie, but I was talking about you know, Louie doesn't do how, like, a lot of us have uh, evolved the jumping and adding sprinting and all that, you know, stuff that they don't do it with. Like, they, they don't even have a vert mat. They threw it away, you know. And talking about, I think one of the biggest things that happens with coaches that are elite like Louie, the reason why I think he can still make somebody's vertical go up and he doesn't do a lot of the same stuff we do I feel like those guys are so good at analyzing a weakness just based off your lifts, where your muscles, how you break down. Like somebody was saying, talking about like, oh, you failed near lockout at the bench. He's going to pick the exact variation of the JM press that you need. Like that takes time. And I, and I, and I feel like the reason, another reason why I like powerlifting is the strength part I feel like is the biggest weakness I have as far as coaching education compared to the jumping yeah. and running. So I feel like analyzing that, because if someone like Louie doesn't do like the focus on the sprinting and jumping like we can, but he can improve jumps just, I think based off of, because he knows exactly why you're failing slow, fast and different parts of the lift knows the exact variation you need. I think that just takes time of you being in the gym and going through lifts yourself and failing and then, quickly trying to analyze, okay, why did I fail? Why blah, blah, blah. That's going to have a big carryover to your athletes that just takes time. Like, <laughs> you know. I, I'd agree with that 100%. I think so. Like, I mean, because if you think about, like, us, like, I guarantee you the more time we've spent lifting and the more time we've spent trying to, like, get better at those things or, or get others better at it, the better we get at it. Like, I know me today – as a coach is better than me two days ago as a coach because I got to work with athletes today. Every day I get to get better at it. Right. I think, I think we like we get, because we get to see athletes all the time, like we get better at it every day. Yeah. You see more, you learn more. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> easy. We just get to get better every day. How far out do you program? Do you go week by week? Um. So we have a, with our, athletes we usually we have like a 12-week cycle that i i know where we need to be because like we use the eccentric isometrics speed strength instead of strength speed like we we change those in and out mm. and it's, it's all based off a system to try to have our biggest peak after week tw- or on week 12 but like it, like i've said again like it we have athletes break prs in the middle of times mm. they shouldn't so it, it makes no sense to me Right. We just, because I, I was curious if we just test. So about about 12 weeks uh, as far as I can And as long as I have our athletes on that cycle, they're good. Because they're going to retest. Say, for example, week one from back in March or whatever. And now week one, say in October of that 12-week cycle, they're going to have a lot of the same accessories. So the athletes are going to have a record to go break also on their accessories. Everything should be able to get broken. 
So 12, 12 week cycles. How, it's not how much completely programmed out, but it's, I have an idea. Is it more like the main movements are programmed out? Yeah, I'd say the main okay. movements. Right. Our, our warm-up emphasis might change. But our main lifts are going to be pretty much the same exact. What do you do for warm-up for your kids? Uh, so we're about I'm, – I'm just going down rabbit holes lately, uh, making some, some of these, like, balance beam pulls tomorrow. I want to start doing more foot stuff. We did a lot of front squat volume these last three weeks. And, man, I just – all my kids' feet are like, I have so many of their feet collapsing. I'm just like, you guys have weak feet. Right. Like, so we'll, we'll spend the next three weeks in our warm, warm-ups trying to address that. Lots of active stance stuff, walking with the balance beams, um, different things like that. Usually our warm-ups are just trying to find, hey, what's, what's the thing we need the most of right now? Okay, let's go emphasize that. Like baseball players come in. Our, we have a warm-up for everybody, but we also kind of have a pre-warm-up warm-up before that. So it's like uh, we had two kids come in today. Before they started their warm-up on the app, they did two sets of OKE bench. It's like earthquake bar mm-hmm. and two sets of high rep pull-aparts because their shoulders have been bugging them a little bit. They did that, then they started their warm-up, and they felt good. Right. It's uh, We've done a lot more of that, trying to give kids like, okay, well, hey, we need this warm-up, so we make sure we're – like hot and we're ready to go. But before that, this might not be everything you needed today. Let's make sure you get all the stuff you need to. So do this. Cause all, all the small stuff we can recover from. It's, it's doing a shit ton of the big stuff that that's, that's when it gets hard to recover. What, um, do you guys do any medicine ball work? Yeah, I usually do medicine ball work on upper body days. So if mm-hmm. I have a kid four times a week, they'll do it twice that week. If we only have them twice, they'll do it once. Okay. How much um, <clears throat> ab and oblique work do you guys do? Every day. If, Every day. Usually in the warm-up and also at the end of the workout. Like at the, in the warm-up, we'll do it. And then at the end, we'll do it right before our finisher. It's like upper body days, we have really high rep <clears throat> finishers for restoration method. Lower body days, really high rep, low body stuff for restoration method. We'll do the core core stuff right before that also. How much are you guys doing like uh, low rep or low time heavy compared to high rep, high time for abs and obliques? Oh, I feel like most of our, so with the younger population, I just keep seeing a lot, they need just more volume. The younger they are, the less time they've spent lifting, more volume. So most of our right. abs are volume-based, so higher, high time with volume instead of low and high intensity. But they still will have some stuff here and there, like a A-rep max uh, single-arm overhead decline sit-up. That was one I remember from this past oh, week. Nice. What about uh, hypers? How, how much volume do you guys, how many times a week, how much heavy compared to high? What's your sets of reps looking like? Reverse hyper. Pretty much. If yeah. we don't, if we don't use the hyper, we do low back every day. I see a kid. Um, really? Our even adults, on upper body. Yeah. Yeah. I even on upper body. Our adults do They're low not too back sore? also every day. No, if you you give a if you go two sets of thirty of hypers, with you know, say two plates each side, you're getting a lot of blood flow. Your back usually feels better. I right. only figured that out because my body felt like shit with training mm-hmm. with so much volume initially with yeah. Shane. 
but it, yeah. it only took me about two weeks with those high volumes, and then I started recovering really fast. Right. So I'd, I'd say we do low back about it about four times a week, and then uh, hyper volume, anywhere from two to four sets of twenty to fifty. Um, time we do like we'll do static holds too. Like I like we'll the static holds. The like try to pick up the max weight you can for thirty seconds in a hyper. Hold it yeah. for thirty. Um, even we've done like sets of 15 with a three second pause on each rev for a max, anything we can do. Uh, mm. that's, I think that goes back to the weird part of it does, it doesn't matter. We know that the principle is time. We just need time under tension. Well, we can create that a lot of different ways. What have you, uh, what extra accessory work do you think is, has the biggest correlation or has jumped their bench press the most? I'm going to say the active foot, like active foot split squats and goblet squats and glute ham pop-ups. Those two, I think, are the big ones for us. If I can get those two things to come up, a lot of times the jump comes up. Um, bench. We do a lot of tricep work and back work. I'm trying to think, though. We use the two board for volume a lot of times with the close grip. I think that's probably mm -hmm. our big, big bench builder is that right there. How, how much like, volume? I mean, how many, you know, sets of reps? Uh, three to four sets of anywhere from eight to 20. Mm. Like, we, we might go, I remember today, uh, after kids did their dynamic bench, this was week three, so it's used our highest volume week. They did four sets of 20 OKE chained bench. So earthquake bar, just hanging chains from bands. Four sets, twenty. Find a twenty rep max. We'll do, man. That, that I think that's that's the one thing in conjugate that I think a lot of people screw up. They don't give enough volume, especially especially if they're working with younger athletes. They need volume. Like we don't even. A lot of kids don't have a base. I don't even think they need max right. effort yet or dynamic effort. They just need to lift. Like, you need to create buy-in, make them love the weight room. So find things that they enjoy. It doesn't matter. If, hell, if a kid likes Olympic lifting, I hate it. But if that's what's going to make them buy-in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sprinkle it and use it for my advantage as a coach. And then eventually they're never going to do it again because they're going to start to see what stuff actually works. <laughs> but if I, have to use some, if I have to use some to get them bought in and spend three to five minutes doing that, sure, no big deal. It's a coaching is an art. It's not a. It's not always just set a program. Yeah. You got to find what makes people like what they do. Uh, do you do any standing pressing for sub or maximal work? Man, we should honestly. I think I don't think we do enough overhead work. I think that's the one area that I. I just forget to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, just, like, I don't. I just. I forget to program it a lot of times. I'll be like wow, we only overhead pressed once in the last six weeks. Okay, we might want to do that two or three times this next block. Yeah. <laughs> like, it'll just it'll just be something that, like, I sometimes skip over because I forget the value of it, which I think is just a bias from wanting to build a bigger bench. Yeah, but that's true. An athlete, <laughs> as, a, as, as a whole, an athlete as a whole, I think, still needs to have, uh, you know, a strong overhead press. Like, that's going to help keep their shoulders healthy also. So it's like, oh, sure, let's do it. Yeah, it's just like, you know, with some of these damn kids, they, they go to unrack it, you be like, oh, shit. 
Let's see what happens. Oh, dude, like, I, I, I don't, okay, I'll say this. We don't, we don't do any overhead pressing with a bar. I will say that. Like, oh, really? You don't? Okay. Do. Uh, what about if you got an older down. athlete, like a college guy, that, or just a person you've had for a long time? You know, some kids, they get to a point where it's like, yeah, no problem. You know, but the 12-year-olds, no. <laughs> I, still, I still don't even use the bar then. I think there's better ways to build overhead strength. Like, Shane will let me use a bar, but, man, I, I just don't like it. I do it because he programs it, but I don't like it. If I was in charge of my own programming, I, I wouldn't program it. <laughs> well, what, know, what about, like, we seated? Like means we need to do it. What about, like, like seated, seated, 90 degree, 45, anything like that? I like <clears> seated. <throat> I still like it better with a dumbbell. I like, I like the dumbbell better for... I'll put it this way. I like the dumbbell better for athletic performance and longevity. I like right. the barbell better for hypertrophy, though. Right. I like, I like okay. a Smith machine press, honestly, for hypertrophy. Smith machine. Oh, I think there's, yeah. There's no, there's I no like a hammer right strength for hypertrophy, anything. really, for, for hypertrophy. The hammer Ooh. strength shit is the best for that shit. Oh, yeah. Because it locks you in. Cybex stuff right now. <laughs> Like we were at Westside, yeah. I'm like, damn, I haven't been on a chest-supported, seated fucking plate <laughs> for your feet rolling so long. It's so nice. Get that reach, get that stretch. I can see Arnold behind me, you know? Like, he's just nice. I can see Arnold behind me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm. I love so that. So, when, when's your next meet again, man? Um, It'll be November. I think. November, okay, that's right. Oh, man, like. I always gave my, I always gave uh, Branch a hard time. He told me, I don't know if you know Dustin Branch up at Van Edge, Michigan. No. He, uh, he had told me not to. He's like, you can't compete and run the business and coach all at once. He's like, you're, you just can't. It's not doable. And I was like, no, nah, it's doable. I can do it. Bet. <laughs> and I, I've been, I've been like, my mental stress has been so high the last two months. I'm like. After this meet, I do not want to compete all of the next year. I don't want to compete at all next year. But you're going to do the bodybuilding the next year, aren't you? Yes. The year after, I want to step on stage. So it's going to be a year of oh, okay, okay, just okay. sitting there and grow, grow as much as we can, try to push to – so right now we're pushing a 230. I'm getting tired of getting fatter, though. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> enjoying that at all. Um, push to 230, get through the meet, cut back down to about 215 to 20. Try to get rid of some of that body fat, hold the muscle mass, then bump up to 240, 250, come back down and just repeat that two times over the course of 2021 or 2022. So trying to, trying to sit at 235, 240, but I mean, be, be lean. Does Shane do your nutrition or who does that? No. So Shane doesn't do my nutrition. My, uh, my nutrition guy's name is Nick Crawford. He's a, buddy i've got here up in oklahoma city helps mm. me a ton it's uh it's been really cool because he, he's pretty lenient with me too like this past uh, i think it was like two weeks ago i was sitting with my roommate mason he's uh trying to get his pro card he's bodybuilder mm. and i was like dude i think i need more food and i'm like showing him my volume and i'm like telling him I'm like, well, my doesn't want to get more food and i was like but i also need to get to 230 it's like i need more food and so like he sat there and he's like just talk to him about this. So me and Nick talked and he's like, you know, okay, let's try this. I think I get 500 carbs a day, five days a week right now. And then I can max mm. them. Then I get as many as I want twice a week. 
Ooh. Like, it is Ooh. a bunch of food. Ooh, that sounds like a good one for me. It's dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> I'll end up getting 8,000 we'll calories in a motherfucking day. Literally. That's uh, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, like, we'll, we'll normally take our cheat meals on Saturday nights, me and a couple mm-hmm. of my buddies. And uh, we were counting up the calories from it. We'll, we're liable to put anywhere from 3,000 to 4,400 calories down in one sitting within 40 minutes. <laughs> it's just insane. Like, once I, I did it to a couple of the football players we work with, our college guys, went over to their house. And I was like, all right, y'all are going to eat until you're sick. And uh, now they can eat. You just it's, it's a shock method, but for the stomach. It sounds important, <laughs> but I think that's what it is. Like, you overload yourself so much one time that it's like, wow, your stomach's stretched. Now you're hungry and you can eat. Because hmm. I, I remember the first time I, I tried to do that with them, like, dude, I, I wanted to throw up. I think we had uh, everybody had a tub of Ben and Jerry's. We split a family pack size of Oreos between three of us. Uh, Caniac combo plus two strips, extra fries. I remember this meal. Like, it haunts me to this day. <laughs> Like, I was so sick that night. Like, I wanted to throw up. I remember going to bed, and it felt like like stu- I was just going to throw up. I could feel the food sitting in my throat. <laughs> and uh, I think after you do it once, though, it makes it easy. Because I-, I was a really little guy always. Like, uh, I think I graduated 172, 4 pounds. Ooh. I think I weighed 220. You're now, not so. short. You're not short either. So, it's like, God damn, that's light. I was just, I was just little. <laughs> That's what I, I always got mad because I was like, man, I wish I was bigger. Like, uh, like all we've got like a couple of my buddies are linemen, and uh, <clears throat> it's just like, dang, like, like how did you guys get that big? And then I, I remember like looking back and just growing up over the here, even over the last couple of years, I'm like, well, you got that big because you eat a lot of food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of food. So it's what are you gonna do cool for a posing true. coach? Um, that'll also that'll probably also be my new nutrition guy because he is okay. he is a bodybuilder. <clears throat> oh, okay. I, I thought you know I just I thought of it this way. I was like you know I, I go to track coaches to learn more about sprinting. I go to powerlifting coaches to learn more about lifting. Well, why would I not go to a bodybuilder to learn more about food? They're the ones that look good. Right. <laughs> How um have you seen? your correlation with the box jump to the vertical like i know louis talks about if the kid gains six inches on a standing box jump they got three more inches in their vertical and i've kind of found that to be about the same have you done any stuff like that with different jumps where you're like okay if i know the kid got this their vertical or this or that should probably have gone up you know because we do the same thing with lifting so you know have you seen any of that uh say that again cloth i think i'm getting what you're saying but if I hear it one more time, I think I'll, I'll get it. So, like, like Louie talks about doing the standing box jump. Okay, I, he raised it six inches. The vertical regular, like, on a vertex or, you know, like, we use the mat. Okay, it went up about half that much, about three. Like, have you seen correlations with that variation or in other things, you know, because we do the same thing with lifting. Like, okay, your, your block pull went up by this. Okay, your deadlift is this. Like, have you seen that with your athletes or different stuff? Yes and no back to my same answer none of it matters there's you know it's if the it's it's so stupid if the kid wants to do it they will yeah. it doesn't matter what they did before if they truly want to sit there and break their record they will so it's like well we did this this and this over the last four weeks and 
you went up two inches. Well, last time we did that, you only went up half an inch. Why? We did the same exact protocols. Right. And then now in the middle of a training cycle, you're up three inches when you should be at your worst. How is right. that possible? <laughs> they just wanted to. If you create that environment and, and make that competition setting there, like they just, they do it. So what Michael Fahey, I remember I was talking to him. He said uh, one of his kids, he, he, he wasn't breaking his jump that day. And so he told him that like Fahey's down in Florida and they're, they're sitting in the training room, no AC, just hot as can be. So he tells him, you know, we'll go in when you break the record when, or when you break the <laughs> record. Kid goes up and hits three, like it was two or three inches more immediately on the next jump. <laughs> it, it's so stupid. It, none of it makes sense. That mental. It just doesn't make sense. But that's yeah. that's where I'm trying to go is down that route more and more because like if if that's what I'm seeing is the stuff that keeps working like I, I want to keep learning about it like there's got to be somebody who's you know seeing the same stuff and has found an art to it you know. Yeah, like I know Fahey, he does the whole like you get a shirt if you get in the 35 plus club. Somebody else does something like Jared does the stickers when they do the, And it's like that extra stimulation, that motivation can be better than any program sometimes because especially with the kids, their mind could be all over the place when they come to you every day. So like I'm thinking about like maybe I need to start spending some extra fucking money out of my pocket and start doing the same thing. Like, like I remember, you know, the guy that goes by Waffle Iron? on Instagram. Yeah, I was talking to him the other day. It does like shop put and stuff like that. Yeah, he was talking about what did he do? I think it was if the kid broke a PR, he got to throw a dodgeball at his nuts or some shit. And he said, don't make my <laughs> mistake and do the same thing because damn, that shit hurt. That motherfucker broke his PR by like five inches. <laughs> and I think he said hey. it was not, it was like two, like it was like he did it twice. So then he got to hit him in the face with the ball and said, damn, that shit hurt. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I would have to pass on that. I can't. <laughs> can't do it. I might. I'll, I like that, that sticker idea. I think that was actually pretty cool. We might. I need to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we just had one of our sixth grade girls come in today. And she, so she just started sixth grade. She jumped 23-6 today. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay. Like, so what was her start? She started 18. 18. How long did it take? Uh, five months. Five months, yeah. About and an she's not even, she's, she, yeah. yeah, she's not even using – she literally trains with a linear progression system right now, um, just building a base. That's all we're doing. Yeah. No max, no dynamic. Just, hey, I want you to move everything as fast as you can. Make everything dynamic. I know it feels heavy. Just move it fast. <laughs> that's that's all that's her training lately what do you uh sure her oh sorry like just make sure she beats her march records and her hypers and all her small records and then her jump goes up what do you uh oh damn what was i gonna say oh shit i was about to say something damn you sound like me now chloe you can't be doing that <laughs> I mean, this is me every day. If, if y'all Wait, on, saw my phone, dude, oh, there's like damn. 30 notes every day. <laughs> so I don't forget crap. What? Uh, fuck. Bench, um, jump, fifth grade, sixth grade, uh, junior high, high school. I don't know. 
I'm throwing out <laughs> a random Five months, no dynamic, no max, move everything fast, break your records on small stuff. How long no do you wait to kind of conjugate them? How long do you stick them on that linear? Because I see more and more with the kids, I can keep stuff very similar and they progress very quick because in the beginning, since they haven't been touched usually by a lot of people, you can do a lot. And, and if anything, they actually respond better to not being so many variations. That's what Jared talks about all the time too. Yeah, I mean, like, you could take a kid who's never trained, put them in a weight room, lift up a dumbbell ten times, and they're going to get stronger. <laughs> yeah. Just because they've never done it. Yeah. Um, we So we, we call it our phase one, um, and it that usually takes us with an athlete anywhere from two to six months. Because what we're doing is we're, it's a linear progression system. Like, you'll go three sets of five. Well, there's – even before phase one, there's phase zero. Phase zero, it's all kettlebell work. And like learning how to box squat wide, learning how to do it close. And once you can use a 53-pound kettlebell for sets of 12, you can go get a bar. Right. That's how we start out. And then once the once they get to the bar, though, it's like three sets of five. At like, uh, tell tell the kids, hey, when it feels a little bit heavy, let me know. We're gonna stop it there. Mm-hmm. And then we'll we'll try to build up five pounds every single time for as long as they can. Whenever they finally can't break it. We'll switch the lift. So usually they'll they'll stay with that same lift for anywhere from three to eight weeks. And whenever they finally can't break that record anymore, we'll switch it. We might – so, like, I remember a lot of our kids, we teach them how to box squat wide first because I need to get their hips strong. If I don't start there, then they can't do it if I move them there second. But right. if I start them on a box <clears throat> squat, man, the, a lot of times it, cover, it covers up ankle mobility, hip mobility. Like, there's a lot of stuff I don't see. Right. And so what we started doing is we'll, we'll usually go from a box squat to a lot of our kids will front squat next. And then they'll, then they'll either finish with a front squat off a low box or a front squat with chain. And then we get it into phase two, where's where they start seeing dynamic and max effort. When do they use bands and chains? Do they use it early on, even if they're not doing max effort and dynamic, or do you save it just for the older kids? Um, we'll, we'll use bands and chains on our phase one stuff. So, We'll, we'll pretty much use it with anybody. I just, like I said, if we use it, it's just going to stay in for a while. They're okay. not going to change it out to a different variation. They're going to stay, like, if they have a chain, they're going to stay with the chain for until they can't max out that lift anymore. Who uses bands versus chains? Like, I, with my kids, I, at least just so far, because I don't have a lot of super strong kids, I don't really use band upper body, but they will use it on squat. But chains, they'll basically See, use on anything. I, I hate bands for upper body. It, it screws my bench technique up every single time. Like kind of takes you out of the groove? Or yes, t- I can't yeah. find the groove with the bands. And so I, I, for most on most of our upper body work, we don't use bands at all. It's mainly yeah. chain or straight weight. Right. Um, I don't like to just go straight weight, but we will here and there. The I'm trying to think, our squat, we'll have anybody use a no, we don't. We don't use the band until phase two. I've never given a kid a band in phase one. Yeah. I found I most kids, they got to learn how to, they, ne- they got to learn how to get tight. So <laughs> most of the time when they walk out, weight looks like crap. So I'm like, yeah, you're not touching band probably for like a year for the squat. Check uh, this out though. A this little is, bit of chain. This is something Nick Showman, I picked it up from him. <clears throat> he put, he, he'll put bands on the bar pretty early because what that band does it 
forces you to brace. Okay. Okay. I, I do you get that. I do get that. It, you can't, you don't say, Hey, brace against the bar. Like you don't have to teach <laughs> it. The kid will naturally do it. And I'm like, oh, right. Oh. It's not like he's using a heavy. Just bag. use a light. Yeah. yeah. The little red and little skinny mini. orange. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I thought that was genius though. Cause I mean, like, I know, for me, sense. I, I squat better. If I have a band on the bar, I squat better. If you take yeah. the band off the, the bar, unrack the chain is, or straight is weight, way the better. Is good. The, the, yeah. the start of the lift, you know, you start it like shit. The lift's going to be shit. With bands, you cannot start it shitty. <laughs> no, not at all. <clears throat> Who do you have use a monolith versus not monolith? I tr- so we're about to order a second monolith. I want everybody to squat off a monolith. I don't want to squat off a rack ever again. Bro, after I went to Westside, that was my first time using monolith. That shit uh-huh. is beautiful. Now I have to Man, walk out so- band tension? Fuck that. Yes. <laughs> 200 pounds of band god damn <laughs> like if we, if we really think about it it's like what does the monolith do why do we use that well mm. you're setting your your you can get in such a position to unrack it that your bones are taking the loading not your tendons ligaments muscles you're stacked up in perfect positions right well what if i did that for an athlete from the time they were seventh grader all the way up until they were you know five years in, in the pros, how much wear and tear did we just save on their body if we did that twice a week every year for, you know, however many years that is, 10, 11, And the walkout years. on the damn yeah. knees and ankles. And the walkout. Shit. It's because, it's, like, it's, you know, it's all those small little repetitive things that we do that eventually catch up. I feel like the walkout is like, the most hurtful part of the whole lift. Oh, yeah. It's like, I know, like, some people are like, oh, well, that's overcautious and this and that. I'm like, uh, to me, if you have the resources, you can do it. I'm like, why not? <clears throat> right. Yeah. Uh, like, did you guys it, have hooks, the, the baby important? hooks first? <clears throat> no, we don't have those. We just okay. have the mono. Okay. I've got mixed yeah, reviews on those. I'm like, should we get them? People are like, oh, I don't really like them. Some people are like, yeah, they're really good. That's what <sighs> Showman, he's he's always like, yeah, we got rid of our monos. And I'm just like, and I and I know Nick knows that we squat our kids on the monos all the time, so I need to ask him <laughs> about it. I need, I need to give him a hard time. I'm, I'm hoping to go up there and you know, uh, what that be October. I think him and Nick Bronco are getting ready to do some stuff together. And man, I, I really like I like I like their stuff a lot. You know, I think uh, one of the areas we don't talk about enough is like the mental side of sport and competing, and even just life in general. I think those two do a really good job on that. Yeah, when I was reading Super Training, I was badly trying to not basically skim over the sections that were on the mental side of training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's I know hard, this man. is important, but, like, damn, I wish I could just refer out to somebody else because I do not want to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially with these kids. These are good fucking Lord. <laughs> oh, Coach, you didn't post me on Instagram. Why, are you mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> no motherfucker, no, you didn't break. Don't be off. What the hell am I been posting your ass for? It's like our problem will be we'll have everybody breaking a PR and it's just like I I, I don't have time always. Yeah, I'm not gonna add ten people doing this squat. Damn. All right, I forgot you. I'm sorry. I'll do it the next day. <laughs> well, we had ten people we had ten people off PR. Like today we had I'm trying to think I can count four kids off the top of my head that either had a that all had twenty plus pound PRs. And I don't think I got a video of any of them, so I'm not gonna post any of it. <laughs> like I just, I just don't, 
I don't have time. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, if people want to see what's going on, just like ask me, come in, come talk. Right. Yeah. That's, that's That's, why we're bringing on that photographer. So I don't have to be trying to film while I'm trying to spot, trying to remind, remind Johnny that, Hey, this is how you do a lap pull down for the 10th goddamn time. (laughs) Yes, motherfucker, uh, you got to pull it like this, not down to your navel, to the top of your chest. You're, you're, you're still on the lap pull-down kick. I remember. I am on that. Why? I don't Ohio. know. They, they always do the lap pull-down shit. They, they what the hell? Cleo, how do I use this? <laughs> Cleo, the lap pull-down? You've done it eight times. You've, you've done it every time I've seen you. Oh, one of, one of my what, kids, uh, one of my kids this weekend, He's doing like a giant set of his accessories on upper body. And yeah. I'm like, I literally show, I do the motion of the push down. I'm like, you're going to grab the fat grip bar from downstairs and do push downs. Now, the fat grip he grabs is not only the wrong one. It's one of the ones where it's a straight bar and the ends have these big ass balls on the side. I look over because I'm my, I'm thinking he's been with me for like 10 months. He knows what he's doing. I'm watching three or four of the kids. I turn around. He's doing lap pull downs with it. I said, God Damn it. Now you got to stay here and do three more sets because you basically didn't do enough weight for a lap pull down and you didn't work your triceps. Why? Like you later, your time. Yeah. And I yelled at him, but I was like laughing to one of my other friends as a coach and he comes up to me after. He's like, oh, I didn't mean, I'm like, bro, I'm giving you a hard time. But yeah, I've told you how to do this. I showed you the motion and you still did it wrong. What the hell? Like, look at that bar. Have we, does it make any sense you would do that as a lap pull down? No. Like, think about it for a second. <laughs> Just think about it for a second. You can ask me, does this make sense? And I would have said, no. So you're going to be – oh, sorry, go ahead. We all got the same issues. It's, it's yeah, been yeah. perfect. <laughs> what are you you, saying, uh, I was going to say, uh, did I tell you or did I ask you to come speak at the seminar in December? And did you say yeah, you could I'm, come? Yeah, I want. I definitely want to. I think that'd be okay. awesome. Okay, cool. I just don't know what you want me to talk about. Like, it's whatever you want. Is, training doesn't matter, and you need to <laughs> learn more from it. And you need to go study McDonald's to learn about marketing. Those are my. <laughs> you know, just just like how you use the the system with your kids and what has worked for you. Because I'm basically going to allow everybody, like I did last year, you get like 45 minutes, and then we do 15 minutes Q&A. You, I'm also thinking this year, because a lot of coaches are like, well, what should I talk about? This person's probably mentioning this. I may just make it, if you just want to, like, do Q&A the entire time, you could always do that. Or you can literally just, I can put your topic as rant, and you just talk about shit, and then take questions as they go. You know, it's, it's this ain't the NSCA. It's whatever you want it, because I'm keeping it just like the podcast. Real relaxed. Dang. Don't ask me to like edit that. shit. Do what you want. I like that. And there it is. <laughs> you know. That's what I'd always uh in class. I'd I sent one of my she so she's the uh oh man, what is she? The the head of the whatever, exercise science department at the school I graduated at. Mm-hmm. I, I sent her like a shirt and some stuff the other day and just told her like, like she, she really helped me a lot. Like I have a lot of respect for her. She helped me a lot in school. And so sent her like a free shirt and just kind of sent her an update on like how things were going. And I think uh, with her, I always remember in class, she'd have me like, we'd have to, you know, give our presentations. And I was always pissed off. I was like, let mm-hmm. me talk about something I want to talk about. Right. Like I don't want to have to pick a topic. Like I'm, I'm not good right. at that. Like right. I'm not passionate about what you have me speaking about. Yeah, it was a, 
it was cool though. Like I, I think it made me learn a lot. I learned how to organize stuff, but yeah, yeah. I, I like to be able to just sit and like, okay, what needs to be talked about? What's something that would help this population and just go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly what you can do, man. <laughs> yep. What do we need? Let's talk about it. And let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, man. So just tell everybody where they can find you, you know, and uh, you know, if any, if you have anything else to say. Cool. Um, I think our, our Instagram, you can find our uh, business page at MA prove them wrong. Um, that's on Instagram. And then I'm trying to think what our other, our Twitter, MA perform. Okay. Then my personal page, I think it's Instagram's the easiest way to get a hold of me these days. Um, it's Austin main nine. Uh, instead of having an I, it has an X, but other than that, it's usually the easiest way to get a hold of us. Any, anything anybody wants. I always like to be able to talk to people about whatever. If we can help, I'm, I'm down with it anytime. So that'd be, be about it, Clil. <laughs> All right, brother. It was good. It was good talking to you. I'll, I'll be seeing you in three months. Just uh, probably in another month, tell me, like, give me, like, a quick – well, actually, for this, too, give me a quick bio of you. And then like a good like profile picture because I'll post that with when I post this. But then um, also then in like a like in this next month, just think about what you want to do as your topic because I want to get like October first kind of like the finalized roster for the Perfect. two day for the seminar so that everybody knows like because I want to make it as big as you can and a lot of people follow all the different guys so I want them to know like who's speaking and what they're speaking about so they know like okay this is what I'm paying for you know. Absolutely. I got you, man. No problem. <laughs> All right, bro. I'll get it over to you. Cool. I'll, I'll see let you, you off here, Khalil. Yeah, I'll see you, man. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's it for this episode. If you liked it, make sure you like it, subscribe, leave a review, share it. And as always, if you're a coach or you know somebody that you'd like to have on the podcast, send it to my DMs or put it in the comments. If you know a coach or you would like to hear speak at the Conjugate Summit in December, remember that's the 11th and 12th, Saturday and Sunday, shoot me a DM. And if you're a player or an athlete that has any questions or a coach, shoot me a DM on Instagram. That's K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D. Remember, stay clean. Peace.